Hey guys, Jack here. Just a quick note about this week's episode. We got the chance to have an awesome guest on, so we took it. Uh, it was a ton of fun. To make everything work, though, because we're all in different locations, we had to use some audio trickery, and when it came together, well, it, it doesn't sound great. Uh, it turns out none of us are engineers, and oh, Never mind, Mark is literally an engineer, but not an audio engineer, so we couldn't quite get the sound working perfectly. I still think it's a pretty funny episode, though. We didn't want to leave you hanging, so please enjoy this week's episode, and maybe someday when the, the wind is just right and the moon is full in the sky, we'll be able to figure out uh, all this audio stuff. Until then, though, enjoy. Thanks. Bye. She, uh, I have it written down. You're the best <laughs> spot welder I've ever known. Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creatively Talented Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom and check out all the other awesome shows they have to offer. For example, you should check out the From My Parents' Basement podcast, who uh, talk about a ton of shit in the horror world, real horror, horror news, and some heavy metal thrown in there, too. A lot of fun. For now, though, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and sing for is Jake. I'm going to get you a lifetime supply of titty magazines and toilet paper, Jackson. <laughs> and that's <laughs> Jake. This is someone else who didn't have a digital watch in 1962. Smart. What's up, fellas? <laughs> but there's a twist this week, because there's another guy here. And little peek behind the curtain. This isn't the first time this guy's been here, but it is the first time we're going to have successfully ended up with a finished product from this guy here. So we're Jinx, pretty goddamn Jinx excited Jinx. about this. We've got uh, Adam Peacock from the My Neighbors Are Dead podcast. Adam, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, and uh, you know what? I had so much fun last time, I kind of hope this doesn't work again so we can do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we said in the pre I'm sure we'll fuck something up. It's, uh, it's definitely a <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Uh, this week, we watched 2002's Ghost Ship, which was a Mark pick, <laughs> um, and quite a movie. Uh, we'll get to that soon. It'll be a lot of fun. But first, uh, we've got to do the getting drunk part, except that I forgot to say that when we get into it, we're going to spoil the shit out of that movie. So fair warning, we're going to be spoiling the 2002 movie Ghost Ship. Um, Darn. But first, the getting drunk part. So that's gore. Let's do beers for fears. Adam, you're the guest. We're going to throw you right into the bus. Why don't you kick it off for us? What are your beers for these fears? My beer is uh, a uh, the beer, <laughs> you're gonna love this. Uh, working on a ship and well with Ghost Ship, it's a Kid Rock IPA. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kid Rock does a cruise, so I figured you know just yeah, just That's, keep it going. I like oh, yeah. it. That is pretty solid. <laughs> That's yeah. a real thing. It, it's a real <laughs> thing. Yeah. Is that something that exists in the world? Yeah. Kid Rock's badass beer, I believe, is what it's called. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is outstanding. Yeah, he's the American badass. <laughs> he's certainly something, isn't he? <laughs> like yeah, we it. got a great run with The Undertaker for that music, too. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be a senator. There we go. <laughs> Just as soon as his new album drops. Oh, it's going to be great. And now, Jake, Jake? yourself, what are your beers for these beers? Yeah, I just went nautical with it. Uh, it's a little bit easier, frankly. We have a brewery out here in New England. It's on uh, Martha's Vineyard. This one is called uh, Offshore Brewing, and the beer I'm drinking is Wash Ashore. It's a wit. I've, I've done this thing lately with wits. It's like every beer that somehow fits is a wit, so I've been taking a lot for the team here, you guys. If it fits, it wits. Myself. 
Thank you. Uh, that's 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 catchy, Mark. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> now, Jake, hey, Jack, be noted, Jake, nothing Jake, really Jake. washes ashore in this movie. Yeah, but it's offshore and wash. It has to do with the ocean. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Jake, do you think that that beer makes you more witty? Uh, I hope so. Jesus, <laughs> I hope so. You should give Mark some of that then, because he needs it. Fuck. We're gonna make him. We need a jar that he needs to pay for every pun. <laughs> Mark, say to uh, okay. What are your beers for these fears? Also went nautical. Uh, mine's kind of almost a visual thing, but basically Ballast Point, uh, Victory at Sea Ale. Hard to call this one a victory, but it does have, the label does have a skeleton, you know, driving a boat. So, um, Yeah, good one. I'm drinking the same beer. <laughs> cool. Nailed it. Uh, so, Original guys. Good work. Luckily, I was able to distinguish myself here because I've got a second beer in, in the in the hopper, uh, as it were. Uh, Rainier. Another pun. No, not Rainier. MGD, buddy. Miller Genuine Draft. Because that's what they drink when they hatch this wacky idea to oh, okay. man. salvage okay. this hit. So, Such a wacky idea. It's a wacky well idea. Yeah, it's okay, a I like that too. Oh, 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 I got one for that too. Because maybe they're, cause they're in a genuine drift. And that's where they're going to hit the rocks? No. That's, this is the Guys, I'm on, no, segment, I'm on fire. Over. You've ruined this segment. <laughs> Mute him. Now, ordinarily, this is the part of the show where we'd be talking about what else has been rocking our horror world, but Adam, we've got you on the show, so we just want to talk about My Neighbors Are Dead. Now, the listeners who are, uh, the eagle-eared listeners will note that we talk about your podcast all the goddamn time, because I love it. It's awesome. But uh, for those people who don't know about it, those morons, why don't you, like, plume in, give us an elevator pitch (laughs) for your show and what it's about. Well, I, I certainly will. Uh, I get to interview uh, lesser-known characters from horror movies, so uh, not so many uh, Laurie Strodes or, or Nev Campbells, but kind of the people in the neighborhood who got to experience it a little bit but didn't really get to tell their tale. So uh, <laughs> kind of people on the periphery, um, some people you might not get a chance to hear from if it weren't for that. So, yeah, I get to talk to them. and. Yeah, so some of my episodes, favorite episodes have been, you know, the one with Paul F. Tompkins was great, where he played, like, Next Door Neighbor, the other Next Door Neighbor in Poltergeist. Fucking hilarious, yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. the 7 one was particularly funny also. They're all amazing, but the 7 one where he talked to the UPS driver who delivered the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, one of my favorites we did uh, with uh, my buddy Barry that I used to tour with, uh, he played... I, I guess there's no other way to say it. He was a jizz mopper for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yes. So yeah, um, he had to wipe yeah. down the loads. He had to wipe down the loads uh, of yeah. So that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all improv, right? The people you're talking to, it's just uh, back and forth. Yep. We just uh, yeah we we just improvised for about 20 minutes or so, and um, yeah, we come up with those stories through that. That's pretty great. Well, tell us a little bit about you and kind of the background of the show, how to come about, and what are your plans for it? I was working with uh, Nate DeFort, the, uh, my friend, and he produces a show. We were working together at Second City in Chicago, and we knew each other from Detroit, and we we wanted to do something together. And we I love horror movies, and I've slowly kind of gotten Nate into it a little bit, and we just kind of we came up with this premise and kind of called in a bunch of favors from all of our funny friends around town <laughs> and got him to do the show with us. That is pretty awesome. So, Adam, loving horror, the, it, it, the the natural question here is, what are those movies that either got you into the genre or your current favorites? And I'd also ask about, you know, getting a friend into horror. What might have some of those movies been that you're like, look, you got to just watch this one, pop this on, and you're gonna you're gonna become a fan. 
I got into it. My my, I, I've told this before to some uh, folks, but my grandfather worked at Ford's, and he would get these VHS tapes with like three movies from a guy that he worked with. Oh yeah, and it was always some comedy, but usually like two or three horror films on there, and it was Leprechaun or uh, you know uh, a lot of the Child's Play stuff. So that's how I kind of got into it. I would sneak down and watch those, um, and I just I I fell in love with it. I don't know, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where it all started for that. And I think, and it didn't go as well as I wanted, but the first film I introduced a lot of my friends to was the original Halloween. <laughs> okay. It's, it's one of my favorites and oh, yeah. they, they did not share the sentiment, but um, <laughs> really? that's the, I, I pitched it to them and uh, we all sat around at a party one night and watched it. I made them watch it. Nice. Uh, so that was the one I started them off with. Yeah. was the first Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed your show, um, is pretty awesome in that you don't, there's no theme I can pick out of the movies you watch. You guys are all over the map with horror movies. You got new ones with like It Follows, you got your old classics, yeah. Poltergeist and Seven. So what, what goes into you guys picking the movie you're gonna, you're gonna talk about that week? It's pretty much how familiar the, the guest is with uh, whatever film they, they pick a film they're familiar with or maybe a, a property or whatever. We've been trying to get somebody to do Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, uh, old God. Nick, the old Nickelodeon show. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so we've been trying to work that in, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much anything that they're familiar with or just a loose knowledge of. And you just, we just riff on that. Our friend Katie, who did actually, who did Halloween had no idea what it was about, but she knew Michael Myers and she knew, uh, Dr. Loomis. And we just went from there. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Our friend TJ did uh, Fright Night, and he we literally didn't talk about the premise of the movie at all. He was a, <laughs> a neighbor on the other side of the house where all the, the, the vampire goings yeah. ons were happening. He talked about his garden for 20 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't even really have to know anything about the movie to do it. <laughs> yeah. And so what do you guys uh, plans for the show? Are you, you trying to grow it? Just keep it kind of what it is. I know you guys have some, done some live stuff before. Yeah, we just got back a couple of weeks ago from a trip to Toronto. We were doing some shows up there with uh, some friends of ours from Second City. Uh, Christian Bruin from Orphan Black came in, did a show with us. Uh, we're doing a live show in Chicago on the 21st as part of the Chicago uh, Podcast Festival. Um, yeah, so we're we got some LA trips planned coming up. We're going to go visit a bunch of our pals out there, and so yeah, just kind of a uh, I guess road dogging it for a little while, just yeah, wherever we can go, you know, to get people to do the show. That is pretty awesome. And where can people find the show, find you, find out about uh, all that kind of stuff? Um, iTunes, My Neighbors Are Dead. Uh, we're on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Um, that's, yeah, it's pretty much where most of our, most of our action goes down. I'm at Adam, A, A Peacock13 at Twitter, on Twitter, awesome. at A Peacock13. <laughs> nice. That was a, that was terrible. Sorry. Twitter lingo <laughs> is impossible. It's fine. It's not. It's so hard. There are 12 other A Peacocks. That's right. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. That's it's my it's my yeah email too. I did twelve other ones. <laughs> Sons of bitches. <laughs> All right, Adam. Unless there's anything else you want to plug or talk about, I think it's about time to go to the feature presentation. I we gotta do it. Let's. I come on, man. Go ship. ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2002's uh, Ghost Ship. I forgot the title of the movie already. It's a good start. <laughs> this what was we watch? a Mark pick. Uh, shockingly, not from the 90s. Mark, you're really branching out there, going 
you know, three years outside of the 90s, so good work. Yeah, 90s there. plus or minus four, so. <laughs> and we're going to dive all the way into this thing, because, oh boy, this is, this is a movie. Um, all the way first, in. we've got to do a 30-second plot synopsis, and Mark, I think you might be off the hook this year, because, uh, like I said earlier, we're this just year. right under the bus as the guest. <laughs> all right. Adam, you have the, uh, we'll, we'll call it the honor, dubious honor of giving us a 30-second plot synopsis. So 30 seconds are on the clock, and it's going to start whenever you start. All right, guys. Well, uh, Gabriel Byrne leads a ragtag group of oceanic uh, salvagers, and they come across a, a gig to 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 to, uh, to salvage an old boat that's been, or an old ship, uh, an Italian ocean liner that's been found in the middle of the ocean, and it's not quite what they expected uh some horrific things may have taken place on this ship or one of the most awesome scenes in the beginning of any movie and uh horror and fun ensues yeah (laughs) horror ensues horror ensues that was not good (laughs) you fit right in you fit right (laughs) that might be my new send-off if i'm just like struggling to get through a 30 second just uh horror ensues the horror ensues. It always does. And then a horror movie happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie has a kind of a lot going on. I think the you're right. The thirty thousand foot plot is they're salvaging a boat and weird shit happens on it. You nailed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got that part on lockdown. Well, I mean, to be fair as well, like anything else is somewhat to extremely nonsensical so yeah i mean everything I else is kind of just vignettes that happen on this boat oh boy <laughs> <a> ship. <laughs> ship right not boat sorry there's a uh there's a character who is very subtly named ferryman <laughs> <laughs> mark subtlety is one of this thing one of the things this movie does right okay absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh what in the fuck subgenres of horror do we think this movie fits into Look, it's uh, I'm gonna I'm, and I'm just gonna jump in right here. Ghost, bam, took it. Thanks, Jack. Name. And uh, this is especially fun for Adam because he doesn't have access to the nonsensical list of subgenres we created and curate and change a lot. <laughs> it's probably to his benefit. <laughs> Adam, you <laughs> see such gems as Alien, comma They Come to Us or Ball. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Or fucked with in the woods. Comma, kids be dead. <laughs> okay, so we're done. Kids be dead. Uh, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely nautical. I'll stump for nautical. That a, that's not, not a fucking not a thing. Genre, Mark. You know, I think it is. There's like a distinct, different feel to movies like Ghost Ship and Virus and okay. uh, Bermuda okay. Triangle. The, no, I got. Okay. <laughs> this movie number one. We're going to talk about this and something about the movie does wrong. But unlike a lot of movies set on ships. This one does almost, it's very clearly filmed indoors on land in most of the internal boat scenes. Wow. And whereas other movies have, so I got, no. Even if nautical was a subgenre, I don't think, I mean, it's set in a nautical place, but they do a bad job of it. It is a subgenre, and it is nautical. It's a nautical haunted house movie. God damn it. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. There's nothing else. (laughs) That's it. Moving on. All right, Mark, why why did you pick this one? What, What were you thinking? Uh, so truth be told, this is the first time I've seen the movie front to back. Um, I've seen the opening scene. It's relatively famous. Um, 
I kind of just wanted to, I don't know, I've, I've, this one's been kind of on the top of my list for a while. It's it's a nice little variety piece to throw in. It's certainly unique, I would say. Yeah. Do you disagree? No. And you know what? I would have bet that I had seen this start to finish, um, but after I watched it start to finish, no, I don't think I'd ever sat down and watched this whole thing before. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't, I don't really know why you would have. <laughs> it did pretty well. Like it's never on the office. Yeah, it did. I mean, it does have a great cast. That was the other thing. Is it's Juliana Margalis, it's David Byrne, it's, it's um, the guy who looks like one of the Wilson brothers. Wait, 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 wait. It's not David Byrne. <laughs> Sorry. The <laughs> front man for the talking. Heads. David. David Byrne. Yeah, in an unexpected twist, the guy from the Talking Heads is in this movie. <laughs> twist, he's the psycho killer. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. I think this was Carl Urban's, like, first movie, too, and then yeah. somehow he became a star. Yeah, somehow, somehow they watched this and they were like, that's the guy. That's, that's the, the guy. guy. That's the, guy. The, one that, the one that looks all unkempt and smells like shit, and they talk about it ad nauseum. Yep. <laughs> that guy. He plays that role really well. Yeah. Glad he went yeah, out. No, I, I'm, I'm taking the baton here. I, I hadn't seen this either. I've seen the opening bisection scene roughly 11 million times, but <laughs> I've seen nothing else. Yeah. How about yourself, Adam? Is this one new to you? or? Uh... No, I, I had seen it, I think, like right around the time it had come out. And okay. obviously we're all familiar like with the with the opening scene, but it's it had been a minute and uh, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> great revisit. To go back and revisit this. Yeah. <laughs> and for the listener that hasn't seen that opening scene, um, there's it's it's like a old timey cruise ship. People are having a lovely ball on the deck of this ship. It's old timey. What do you want? It's in the sixties. It's the sixties. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's old nineteen sixties. They're having a ball. They, they're elegant. Yeah. And then an unseen yes. hand pulls a lever, and apparently the ship just has a lever that causes wires to cut through everything, including stemware, very cleanly, and it slices everybody to bits. Right? It's awesome. That's exactly how that would happen. Yep. <laughs> I think it's a perfect segue into what the movie does right, because that is that is the big dog. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. That seems well, awesome. it for me it gets it to like after the wire goes through they deliberately go to a to a tight shot of the wire and there's just a little chunk of goo hanging off of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever that is. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's awesome despite being nonsensical. Like they do a slow mo shot of it slicing through the stem of a wine oh, glass man. perfectly. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with nonsensical as long as it's like on brand. As long as it's like consistently nonsensical. And it is sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think my favorite parts of that scene are the ones where there's two guys where after the wire cuts through them, it cuts all their clothes, which fall down, leaving them like mostly nude before their torso falls off. It's like it's like an old it was like a Daffy Duck cartoon when the way that guy's (laughs) suit just falls down. It's amazing. It's right, great. like, is he not wearing a belt? Like, the belt is still... <laughs> yeah, absolutely, he, yeah. He has to hold the pants up, at least. <laughs> that was also the style of the Mark. It was all one yeah. piece, and it was just hanging from your shoulders. It was yeah. just a jumper. <laughs> Suits were just jumpers at the time. Basically, but, doubles as a onesie. You can sleep in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's hard yeah to no, but that scene had a great, like, what it had going for it was the extreme amount of gore matched with the extreme amount of kitschiness that was going on because you get this blend of just amazing humorous 
extremism kind of that is really enjoyable to watch. That's one that you can just rewind and keep going back and forth through. It's it's <laughs> it's a joy. It is a pure joy. What a I love the, thing the to say that it's dick. Oh yeah. You go back and you watch this thing on repeat. One hundred percent. I'm a normal like person, Mark. Party. I have friends. Okay. Pay no attention to the zip sounds coming from Jake's pants. <laughs> I clapped after it was over. I, I like it. It, I mean, it is. Oh, it's outstanding. It's, well, I mean, it's pretty great. It's such a good sucker punch, too. Like the Yes. This is, okay, so just to clarify to the listeners who haven't seen this yet, it's it's the first, what, two minutes of the movie or so, give or take? Uh, it's like and the lead up to it. All. It's like six minutes of the movie. All right. The the lead up to it is just like happy dancing, you know. They're about to make landfall on wherever they're going, and then uh, you just see this wire. And I I think honestly, like unless you know it's coming, I remember my sister went out to see this movie in the theaters and came back and was like totally disturbed by this because she just didn't see it coming. Like it's just like <laughs> that's went, amazing. So, it sets the tone hard and early. Yeah, but the tone it sets is funny. Yeah. And not go to the rest of the movie, by the way. Mark, yeah. people are reaching for their appendages that are like still kind of flapping around there. It's 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 intentionally it it dials itself back just a little bit. There's a, there's a hint of slapstick, but I I think that our senses have been numbed from watching too many horror movies, Jake. This is this is not what people would describe as humor in the real world. <laughs> I'm a normal. Person. I love too that they do like I don't like like an old fifties. I I wrote I don't know if this makes any sense like. With the font and the music, it was like a, a a car of the future type commercial from the fifties, <laughs> like going the World's like, Fair. It's, absolutely, it's very yeah. jovial and like very yeah yeah, and then yeah. to just come out from the hip. Those old AT and T what if commercials, right? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. You'll be teleconferencing <laughs> with your kid from a phone booth across the country. Yeah, and they were way <laughs> off. <laughs> well, they got, the, they got the teleconferencing right part right. It just didn't get the part where you don't want to go to phone booths to do it. So <laughs> I think I would. I think I'd go to a phone booth that had FaceTime in it. <laughs> I'd pay for that. Scenes like this where people get cut like this, though, I, they're, they've now been ruined for me by Flight of the Concords. I can only think of that one scene um, with the uh, uh, <laughs> he grabbed onto his dick and cut his body off. You, you mean he cut his yeah. dick off? No, he cut his whole body off, man. That's how it was the end. <laughs> A dick. Dick. <laughs> that's, that's essentially that's like the scene, yes. Is. Yeah, cutting them all half. All right, what else? That's, so, I mean, that's a great scene. I would say the one thing that that scene really nailed is this, the three or four seconds they take from the shot of the goo on the wire to just showing everyone shocked. And then people's clothes start falling off, which is weird. But <laughs> the moment they give it to, like, kind of let everyone guess as to what's happening before you start seeing torsos flop in half, that's what really makes that scene perfect. So do you attribute that? Is that does that fall into the tension bucket? Because you know, like you know what's <laughs> he coming. He just made a pun. You just have to pay a thing into the tension. Get a, it? a thing into the thing, right? Jesus yeah. Christ! You know what's coming, <laughs> but it lets you think about it for a second before it really like delivers that exactly punch. That's, so that's what makes it such a great scene. That's what puts it over the top. There you go. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, another thing I think the movie does really well is. It's very visceral in how impactful the injuries are. Like, even the relatively minor injuries feel like they hurt, like the funks. And it just, so I'm thinking specifically of a couple of scenes. The main one for me that 
brought it home was the Juliana Margulies scene where she falls from the, the empty pool. She falls from the railing, like, back down. And she only falls, like, four feet or something, and it definitely wouldn't do substantial damage, but just the way it, like, the impact and the... And it just makes yeah. it feel like all the injuries feel like they hurt. Huh. The one yeah. that got me was the... Is he the captain that uh, the Katie Ghost is dancing with when it when it cuts to him and like he has the Joker smile on his face and just like it's yeah, that that got me that oh. was pretty brutal yeah Captain Murph yeah I mean it's Man. a it's a very forgiving uh, setting to have these things happen in right like honestly after the first scene you don't get a lot of stuff to like really sink your teeth into but just like the simple fact that if you fall you get tetanus. <laughs> that, that makes every injury just feel so much more impactful. The stakes are so much higher. Yeah, you got to get a booster right. shot as soon as you get home. I have no so many that. questions about the set design on this boat, though. Half the boat is like ancient, dusty bottles, like that look like port bottles from the 1700s. They pull up off wrecked galleons, right? We're and not quite there yet. We're like, not quite there yet. Oh god, you are okay. just. I, I gotta. There's a leash. We gotta just pull on it a bit. Fine. Because I do think I, – I don't disagree with you, and we'll get there, but I do think that this movie does a pretty good job from a technical standpoint. Um, they might not have held up perfectly, but by and large, I don't think the effects are all that bad here. And I think going back to your point, Jack, about the injuries and using that scene in particular, like the way this is shot is actually pretty good. Like this movie looks – it looks good. Better than good, like better than decent. It looks pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So I, I, hey, kudos for that. I don't think it looks like a ship, but it looks good. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. I think it looks decently like a ship. Well, you can suspend your disbelief. Yeah. I, I didn't have that much of an issue. You can go ahead and we'll get to that station. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the, the galley scene ended up being really great. Uh, so. Uh, this is right after she, uh, Juliana, what's her name? Epps. Epps sees the uh, ghost and she's running away, trying to find everybody to get off the boat. Yeah. And she stumbles into the galley and there's like people in meat packing body bag things that are like trying to grab her. And then you find out that it's just like Carl Urban and the other guy who looks like one of the Wilson brothers. Yep. That was, I love that that's just what you're latching onto. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Ron Eldred or something like that. I don't yeah, that's his name. That, that, I'll agree with you, though. It does kind of look like that. It's a, it's a good scene because, A, it's one of the only ones where, like, you get a good solid scare out of it. But then it's also just, you know there are already ghosts. You know shit's gone down here. And then I just like kind of the balls of going back to a cheap jump scare. <laughs> that ends up being, and ends up being nothing. I, I, I think it's a good move on their part. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, warning. I'm about to get real here a little bit. A little bit real with you guys here. Okay. It's, it's Women in Horror Month. It's currently February. And yes. so I think we should note that Juliana Margulies' character is fucking cool, especially in the horror genre. She's not, like, she definitely passes the Bechdel test with flying colors, maybe. I'm not yeah, she's Tomb Raider. intimately familiar with it, but she's not overly sexualized. She's not dependent on a man. She's just a cool character. She's a fucking badass. And yeah, I mean, notably, she doesn't chase any of the men she's on board with, but then they, I mean, they do chase her, kind of, but... Kind of. Yeah. You know, she's not she's not boy crazy, which at least is a plus. And, like, the movie sets the tone early, right, with the, the first ship they're, they're salvaging, but she just dives the fuck into, and I don't know what her plan was, because she can't do the welding, right? Her plan was they're also going to cut their lines and jump... She in. was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was itching for some hypothermia, Jack. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, she's not the smartest character in the world, but she's a badass. 
that is a theme that runs deep throughout this movie is the intelligent <laughs> decisions made by the characters or lack thereof. And well, every dumb decision they can make happens so fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, watching this and like, I felt like all of this, like it went from great to, to shitty in like 20 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, it, it was fine. Yeah. Like yeah. these guys, this team from the beginning, you seem like, it seems like they're, you know, they're like, they're a good group. They all get along and they seem to know each other and they understand what their job is. They fall apart instantly <laughs> once things go wrong. Like, yeah. They're, yeah. They, uh, Isaiah Washington's beating the shit out of Dr. McCoy and like, it, like it, <laughs> it's like, it, it falls apart so fast. Especially how many if, scenes they dedicate to like, we're family. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah, yeah. Until the yep. slightest thing happens. Yeah, they've never had to face those hard times. <laughs> Everything's been on the up and up for these guys so far. Yeah, on the Arctic warrior. I guess this isn't really the Arctic warrior thing happening. Yeah. These are pretty trying times. <laughs> uh, underwater welding is fucking cool. Sure. Nice interjection. It, that that is time. that is one of the best segues I've okay. ever heard. Look, because the underwater will elaborate badass. And I used to work for the federal government and did some stuff with dams. Humble brag. There were these guys who, yeah, <laughs> Mark, I was a federal employee. Don't don't be afraid. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there were these two guys, Jeff and Andy, and they were divers Whoa. who would go dive down to the in to the outlet of a dam, which water's coming out at a shitload really fast, and so it's and so they have to dive down there and weld shit at the bottom of the dam, and they were the coolest dudes in the world, and underwater welding is badass. Thanks for that story, Jack. Yeah, I like underwater <laughs> welding, and I like that it's uh, represented as a badass thing. They have the best spot welder. It's definitely not spot welding. We, uh, I'll talk more about that in the next station, but uh, they have the best spot welder in the world. What does she say? She, uh, I have it written down. You're the best spot welder I've ever known. There we go. She's ever known. And she's also only known one. Yeah, I would like to know the pool yeah. of, of I'm spot welders. I'm not sure how many spot welders she's running around with, but yeah. Exactly. And uh, on that sequence, note, Jack, they do it with no goggles on, too, right? Like they're, totally. They're, yeah, they just yeah, jump like, down in there, yeah. Go nuts. That's pretty badass. <laughs> Zero care for their eyeballs. No. <laughs> Don't need them. Well, it's also like, yeah, yeah, where we're going, we don't need eyes. She puts that metal plate over the hole like suction works oppositely than it does, right? She puts that plate over the hole like it should be sucked to the hole and not that there's water coming in that's going to be forcing it away. It's a, it's a whole thing. Look, I'm literally acting like the movie hole, did right. And then what you pressurize the whole chamber. Sure. Yeah, got it. I, I'm obviously acting is... the movie did right. What else we got? So actually, on that note, Carl Urban's death is is pretty good. And oh, the getting sucked into the gears death. Yeah, I honestly don't feel like they really gave it its shrift. Like it needed more screen time, but just the general concept of getting sucked into gears while you're diving and then like blood coming up through the pump. Sure, it's probably <laughs> because if they had done a lot more with it, it would have been more noticeably not great looking. Because that was <laughs> that was probably like a tough thing to do. I, I yeah, I guess that's here. true. But I, I feel like I don't they could know. have done more it. of him, like, you know, he just kind of, like, went into the gears. There wasn't any realization on his part. They no, he got, kind of, yeah, he got sucked right in. Yeah, they needed to elongate it a little bit, I think. Okay. But, yeah, overall, pretty solid kill for a movie that has virtually no kills in it, aside from a guy getting shafted. 
Yes, Mark. So this yes, team, another punt for the shut the fuck up, Mark. <laughs> this this record, this salvage crew buckles under pressure and they're easy to kill. <laughs> right, Very like, easy to, if you're being led by a ghost, like, do you honestly think you could just fall down an elevator shaft? Like, yes. <laughs> just go, you just fall, fully lead into nothingness and just, oh no. <laughs> I, dude, I love that he justified he couldn't cheat on his wife or fiance with a ghost. That's yeah. actually that, a good point. I, I, I had so many thoughts about that scene. I, I kept my wife up most of the last night. She was really mad at me because I was talking to her about, like, look, if I, if I end up in a ghost that seduce me, I, I can't yeah, say so I'm not going to, like, just try to see what that's like. And yeah, I, uh-huh, don't, uh-huh. don't divorce me. And, you know. She's a beautiful Italian singer. She wanted to go to sleep. but You know what? It's a two-way street, too. I had the exact same conversation with my wife, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I looked at her. I said, honey, he's right. That doesn't count. And she looked back at me. She says, you are correct. It doesn't count. So we right. have an agreement. Yeah. Either of us are allowed to cheat on the other as long as it's with a ghost. Full so this has officially been established. Yeah, allowed yes. to slam as many ghosts as she wants. I oh, feel yeah. like he was so ready with that argument. He must have thought about that shit before they went on the boat. Like, he must have <laughs> yeah, thought about that. He's like, if, what am I yeah. going to tell a ghost trying to seduce me? Yeah. <laughs> right. no, he, saw, yeah. he saw the boat, and he was like, okay, if there's a ghost, we're plowing. It's important yeah, like, to have to yeah. in place. <laughs> yeah. You have, yeah. yeah. You have a lot of time to yourself at sea, you know? You think about these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You come up with rules so that when the situation arises, you don't have to, like, just dilly-dally around. You can jump right on it. <laughs> There's no time to waste, man. As it were. You don't know when the portal's going to close, okay? Like, you don't know the source of these ghosts, so. That's, <laughs> absolutely. Have you had a hard time following, like, what was actually happening in this movie and what was part of the hallucination? Um, People get transported until, like, to a lot of old tiny balls and, and bars and stuff, and you don't know what's going on. It hit the gas pedal on the absurdity. Kind of like it, it, like you were saying, Adam, where people started making stupid decisions instantly. Things started going <laughs> into an unbelievable direction almost instantly just later in the movie. It was like, okay, this is like ghostly and whatever for a while, and then it hit the gas, and I had no idea what was going Which, on. I mean, they're obviously trying to invoke The Shining, right? And like the weird ghost shit that's happening in the hotel. I, I guess. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. This movie's trying I, to invoke a lot of other I movies. wrote that yeah. down, and I wrote down that like, they stole different tropes, too. Like, they stole that Lost Boys bit with the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was awesome. Which, what that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, such a bizarre thing, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, like, it, yeah, that Shining thing is pretty pretty prevalent there and was he was he a uh is he a recovering alcoholic in the in the in the movie because it it seems like he was struggling with that he didn't I, want to drink and I then, that, am i, I wrong about same, that i don't know i have that same note i don't remember him establishing that but he was very like and now i'm drinking again oh shit maybe that <laughs> right. that probably got cut from the front because the people were like it's too slow we need this <laughs> zero to 60 i would love to see the version they had that was too slow i know right <laughs> So, Mark, what does this movie do wrong? Uh, <laughs> uh, in a word that is potentially not a word, Mudvayne. Oh, dude. Wow. Oh, my God. I have it never actually might seen be good. I don't being, know. I have never seen a human being rock that hard to Mudvayne. <laughs> Santos, you're my hero. And also, I hate you. After it. Oh, <laughs> what an epic outro credits, man! Oh. And isn't it? Don't they also use it for the uh, like the reveal sequence where she's back in time 
withholding Katie's hand or whatever her name is. Wait, was it all Mudvayne? I'm not bad at the speed on my Mudvayne discography. I'm not either. I mean, I'm not either. Was Mudvayne? I'm gonna go, but whatever the like weird '90s industrial techno rock was that was also playing over the reveal sequence was uh, very on brand. Well, I thought it was also the same as the the during the when he's steering the ship, right? And he's got the they do the action shots of the boombox. That was Mudvayne. Yes, okay, good. Yeah. There's so, at least some Mudvayne in this. Yeah. I wrote that down because it, the song is called Not Falling. I looked it up because I'm yeah. a dork. Uh, no, but, I, I did too. You're okay. So by the time he gets Gabriel Byrne to come up, the song has been playing, and it's still playing when Gabriel Byrne gets there. So either he's hit repeat or that song is just super long. <laughs> That's a really good point. You ever just like accident? Huh. You remember hitting like just accidentally? You hit the repeat button on your CD player, and then you're like, you're doing something where your hands are busy, so you can't like go back. So you just end up listening to the same song like 17 sure. times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, letter mark. <laughs> in a word, would have been a drastically different movie if it had been uh, David Byrne. That uh, was the captain of the show that came up. Oh, man, I want David Byrne to be in this now. Wow. Shot for shot remake, just with David Byrne. That would be one of the greatest movies of all time. I think so. Well, let's, no. Especially because David Byrne looks like a psychopath these days. He's got that lunatic white jet hair going straight up. He looks like a maniac nowadays, man. Nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. Replace Carl Urban with Peter Gabriel. (laughs) (laughs) Just replace the whole cast with aging aging music stars. Did you say Dick Bird is a country star? I almost did. I said music stars. Okay. Music stars. I can't talk today. Got it. Now, Mark, I expected you, because you you established the segue of I'm going to talk about the pacing, but you went straight into Mudvayne. Uh huh. <laughs> I felt like Mudvayne was the most prevalent thing that we. So all the uh, all alley oop you hear. Uh, the pacing on this movie is crazy. Uh, it's not even crazy. It's just mundane. Like it's not all over the place. It's just slow. I don't know. Right. It hits you so for a while. The first four minutes are pretty slow. slow. It's just a ball, and then all of a sudden, wham! People getting sliced in twain. And then, well, right, that's great. Later on, there's it's just super super slow, and then vignette of crazy shit happening. I guess. I, I don't know. You I, have, well, then you have the whole, like, ferryman demon guy <laughs> thing. I honestly it, think... When it chooses just... to do things, it does them too quickly for how slow it has been prior to doing said things. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Which it, is it, most of the movie. Yeah, it's in, like it, it's emblematic. The, the death of Carl Urban is emblematic of that, where, like, they kind of had the right idea, but they just, just did it really fast. It took 15 seconds. So you're like, oh, now it's, now it's different now. I would love to see now what they cut from this now. shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> the stuff on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have to buy the uh, special edition director's commentary that I'm sure. Exists. Hey, I'm willing There's to do that. One. Yeah. <laughs> I really? feel like Beck too, like, it, done anything it, else. Oh, what's that? Stephen Beck. Yeah, he's the director. Yeah. Well, that dude. I looked him up. I'm. Sure, I, what, what did he do? He was the art director on uh, the Abyss. Oh wow. The Hunt for Red October and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Jesus, that's some. That's a legit. So he's done resume things. there. Yeah, he has yeah. done things. Fair enough. And also, he, correct me if I'm wrong, Robert Zemeckis produced this thing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like peak Robert Zemeckis, coming on the Tales of Back to the Future trilogy, and like he still had Who Framed Roger Rabbit credit, and <laughs> fucking, that dude is all over the place. So, 
begs the question, Jack. Raises the question. It begs. <laughs> nope. Was he potentially thinking about other things while producing, quote-unquote, this movie? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is this is squarely after those things, and he... I don't know how much involvement he had at all, but, like, he's not credited as the director of the Back to the Future movies, but he's definitely the director of those movies, right? Uh, so I... It could be that, like, he's... He was heavily involved in this. Who knows? I doubt that. Yeah, this Lost movie does not display the same genius as do his other works. Or he just decided, fuck it. <laughs> let's make let's make some B. <laughs> I don't know. This was his Metallica load. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta eat. This is passion project. Yeah. Well, I mean churn some stuff out man whatever i think this movie really gets hamstrung by the like the direction it takes with the villain so you're you're going into a movie called ghost ship expecting the villain to be ghosts yes right uh no it just happens to be charon or some demon who is doing things on his behalf and i think as a result of that you get like a really confusing plot of you don't like no one's really getting killed by ghosts things are just sort of happening and it's 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 represented in the very first scene wait is that a ghost hand that pulled the lever that made the wire snap off and slice everybody what wait (laughs) well and yeah that that also begs another question raises it begs i hate (laughs) it raises the bag um that does raise another question though like so the crew is taking over the boat. They have MP40s for some reason, and they can just go and shoot whatever. But they start their plan. They're like, you know what the most efficient way to kill 30 people is instead of just, you know, shooting them? We're going to set up an elaborate Rube Goldbergian bisection device. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy they did, though, Mark. Well, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, it worked for them. So is the theory that killing all those people is what made it a ghost ship? It wasn't always a ghost ship? No, okay, so what happens so. <laughs> is the the cruise ship finds a derelict vessel called something else they name in the movie, I can't remember what it was called, but that's where that's the boat that had the, the gold bars on it, and it had hit the rocks and was, like, sinking, but it had the gold bars and it had one survivor, which was Ferriman, so he comes on board, and then he is this corrupting force, like, this demonic force that convinces the crew to... Uh, you know, kill everybody so that they can take the gold for themselves. And then they, once they do, they kill themselves. And then he now owns the boat and everybody on board. And that is all very easy to understand if you've watched the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Very straightforward, Jack. This is also through convoluted flashbacks by a mudbane. Flashbacks mixed with fantasy hallucination sequences. Like it's crazy. And why are they like, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one to get through, frankly. <laughs> I was also entertained. So, okay, it's kind of tough because it's not great, but it's also really entertaining. It really for is. some reason. Yeah. In like in spite of itself, I don't. It does. There is a weird chemistry here, you guys, where it's slow. There's some weird pacing happening. Doesn't make sense, but I was still entertained. Yeah. By no. its particular brand of shtick. I, I don't know what it was, but there were things happening that entertained me significantly. Yeah. I'm a sucker for Gabriel Byrne, too. I mean, there you go. I, I think that guy's 
I think he's he's great. He is. I'm a sucker for Juliana Margulies. She's great. Yeah. I mean, the cast, yeah, the cast in the movie was good. Like, that definitely helps. It's Yeah, it's impressive. We should say that the, the little girl, too, she grew up to be in uh, quite a few things. Emily Browning, I think her name is. But she wasn't She's in, like, Sucker Punch and stuff. Well, I mean, dude, she was like... She's in girl, Sucker whatever. Punch, yeah. <laughs> the I, I like the movie Sucker Punch. It's fun. <laughs> okay, nice. All right. It's got a very solid cast. What else do you guys have to talk about that this movie does wrong before we arrive at everyone's favorite train station? It felt like to me, and, and like it, it, they seem like like what's that? Too many cooks? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, like, you, like the pacing? Like, I don't know if you guys caught this, and maybe I, I, I did a lot of like, wait, what? Watching this movie, and uh, yeah. when Gabriel Byrne unloads all that knowledge about the ship they're going to, <laughs> he knows like how fast the ship was traveling. When it was built, like, who, like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but he's that, almost like reluctant at the beginning to take the gig, which is essentially just their job. Right. A guy is, right. a guy is that hired them to thing. do their job. I had, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand that, but totally. And then, he was um, rightly suspicious of a guy showing up randomly whose name was Ferryman. <laughs> yeah. <that is>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ferryman. So Why is he got his ears? Well, yeah, it, it is weird. He knows everything all at once. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was very impressive. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you know, he could have just like been on his phone looking up like the. Thi- I guess no, this is 2002. He probably couldn't have. Never mind. <laughs> Man, phones changed the world. Yeah, they only had digital <laughs> watches in 2002, Mark. That's all they had. Yeah, notably, they didn't have them back in 1960 something. Digital watches and boom boxes. Man, that, I can't get over that action shot of the boom box. That was great. Nobody really seemed to give a shit about that watch. No, they were like, oh, people have been here, I guess. Who gives a shit? But then he starts invoking, like, maritime law that, like, well, we found it. Well, clearly somebody else was there before you. (laughs) It's the law of the sea, Adam. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did have, I I did have, you're a crook, Captain Hook, stuck in my head throughout most of this movie. Every time maritime law. Real arrest development heavy. Yeah. You're a crook. You're a crook, Captain Hook. Judge, won't you throw the book? Captain Hook. <laughs> I, I do like that in every one of these kinds of movies, which there are a kind of a shocking number of, there has to be a scene expositing about maritime law and what they are and oh, aren't allowed to take and salvage and what is theirs. It's important. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Um... Uh, one other thing I just want to mention, and this kind of goes back to what Adam was saying about the stupid decisions and the instantaneousness of them. But <laughs> this crew, like in, I think the like the premier example of them falling apart as things begin to unfold is how quickly they manage to split up. <laughs> it's oh, almost yes. like a full Scooby. How? Like, how do they even manage to get that far from each other so quickly? Right. And this whole thing is based upon them crashing into a ship that didn't appear on their radar. Maybe be a little careful. Yeah. Like, this thing from the jump has exhibited some sort of, like, eerie or weird or maybe we just want to be careful and cover our asses sort of vibe. Yeah. I'm going to go through. The first, one of the first scenes on the boat is is falling through the walkway and nearly dying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for no yeah. supernatural so like, well, reason, just for physical reasons. Stay together. Yeah, yeah. well, just Mark, I mean, 
There's yeah, no structural no. integrity. Yeah. No structural integrity on the ship. You can, but you can wheel like pallets full of gold bars down the hallways, and that won't break through. Certain hallways. It's all. It's supernaturally bold. They've they've welded it. They have the best spot welder that she's ever met. Yeah, I was gonna say, Urban Man, his character came through in the clutch. He just fucking reinforced everything, didn't he? Yeah, he's the best spot welder. Why was that? Why was that like their third option? Like, why not just patch the thing up and drive it home? <laughs> it's really unclear. He wanted to build a raft. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and they should have in retrospect. I do like the idea in a supernatural ghost movie that the thing that kills you is physics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. that's what takes you. <laughs> and tennis. Like the premise of the whole yeah, tennis 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 series, tennis. right? Yeah. That's right. So yeah. death from lockjaw. <laughs> <laughs> this ship reminded me of, uh, like, you were talking about, like, the sets uh, being on a soundstage. And, like, it reminded me of uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember that, like that huge trailer you live in. That's what it reminded me of. Totally. Because that thing is huge on the yeah. inside. Yeah. yeah. It's magic. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it big. Is. Like, I've been on a large ship. All the hallways and rooms, short ceilings, tight corridors, right? That's what you need yeah. to do to have a ship. So claustrophobic. Yeah. Have you guys been on, like, a large cruise ship? No. Uh, not when it was, like, out in the ocean. I've been on one that was lashed to the shore actually I, no yeah that's wrong i've been on the one one there's there's no, one that i've been, been on, on the one i don't know it's one that's supposed to be haunted it's in california it's queen, the queen something mary. and queen mary that one i've been on that one yeah i did that I, one. development joke well i just got back in january i was working on a cruise ship for five months with the second city we've, we've got to talk about that more <laughs> <laughs> all right so always <laughs> look like that sure no nothing not even close no <laughs> Not even close. Were you weary of were we whoa? I just gotta <laughs> Were you ever weary of dancing on the deck? Uh, no, but I did think about it. There, like, there are those big like wires up, and I was like, if this thing goes, we're all dead. Because we were out there for New Year's Eve, and they're like, if that snapped, it was it. Nobody was gonna come out of that thing alive. All right, perfect setup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is based on this is based this is a documentary, is what you're telling me. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Yes, it's oh, a one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's harrowing. Yep, it's a it's a Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> oh, you got we got Ken Burns, we got David Byrne, and we got Gabriel. Byrne. That's right. Holy shit. Burn trio. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Guys, I, I think we've arrived. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Yeah. Throw it away. I don't think you're stage. deep in the same hole that you invented. I think. I don't know what. It's hard to remember things. <laughs> okay. It, it's uh, not on the blasting chart, so this, I have to... I... This isn't a, a ship that exists in the world. They're they're terrible at water things. The, it's always the calmest the seas have ever been, especially during a rainstorm. All the time, it's super calm. When their tugboat explodes and people are floating in the water, it's calm, glassy water. And it, it's clearly a rainstorm in the fucking Bering Sea. The Bering Sea is notoriously calm. <laughs> yeah. And they go out of their way. <laughs> so much strange shit in the Bering Look, Sea. There is there's so much to knit with the Bering Sea thing, because, like I mentioned it earlier, the instant hypothermia. Like, she would have been Jack dawson immediately when she jumped <laughs> into that water. She would have just sunk to the bottom, frozen, yeah. solid. Like, yes. there is no coming out of that. They all would have. Yeah, but her heart would have gone on. So. <laughs> 
You'd have that going for you. All right. Okay. okay. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) And then, and then to time, we we hit this point hard, but the inside of the boat virus, another nautical movie like this has a way of making it feel like a boat. Even on the interior, they're moving things around a little bit. It just feels, yeah, this feels like it's a fucking soundstage or a building. It just doesn't feel like a boat on the inside at all, at all. I yes. I think I disagree with you guys. So cruise ships feel pretty spacious. Adam, like they. <laughs> yeah, let's talk to the expert here. <laughs> I think there are, there are parts that certainly do, but uh, you know, they're the behind the scenes aspects are pretty pretty cramped. Um, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> taken down, Mark. You just got taken no, down. No, 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 Mark. You know, but you're right. Like there are parts of that that are huge, and uh, yeah. It, it, this just seemed like really it, it went a bit above and beyond with this one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you got to take some liberties. Like, look, it's from the 1960s. You guys have seen airplanes from the 1960s. They were huge. You got like a steak dinner, right? <laughs> and everybody <laughs> yeah. used to wear a suit and tie when they flew, Mark. It was it was an event, you know? Now you got scumbags on there in pajamas and fucking the world's gone to shit. It was a better time, Jack. There was only a light Cold War happening. That's the only problem. Uh, yeah. One one that I have, and I don't I don't really know where this falls. I'm putting it in the nitpick area. The Deus Ex Harpuna at the end of this was <laughs> really, really infuriating. Like, oh, convenient. It's just lying here, glimmering in the water. Let me stab you. Also, don't like that, it. It's yeah. lazy. So, so he is immune to being shotgunned. Right? Yes. Yes. Seemingly, but uh, you know, he immediately gets taken down by a harpoon long enough to like. I get that he can go down from the shotgun, like in order to sell the illusion or whatever. But he's actively trying to keep her from blowing up the ship. So why does he even give a fuck? So <laughs> how did he end up killing Dodge? You don't see off screen. He just lazy did. screenwriting. Okay. Well, it could have been cut too. Again, I want to see the shit this cut, man. Well, yeah, I mean that's fair. Mm, I bet it was good, too. This movie felt long for 90 minutes. It really did. Well, if you guys all want to chip in, we can get it on Blu-ray for $45.99. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's how they're recouping all their losses. That's right. We would sell, like, four of these, and we got it. This movie made money. Come on. Yeah. It it made $68 million in the box office, which is honestly pretty impressive. So, good for that. I wonder. I, I did not see how much it cost to make. I don't know if either of you guys. Uh, like twenty. <clears throat> oh, okay. So it made more than. More it was than not money. a smashing success, but it made money. Yeah. I don't Solid. think it's a gamble. I don't think it's a gamble the studio would again take like very quickly, but they probably weren't losing sleep over it. I don't know. I'm not okay. in the business, Mark. So here's a nitpick for you. There's too much blood in this movie just by volume. At one point, there's an empty swimming pool that fills with blood, and then it has, like, five people in it. That was the worst-looking swimming pool blood I've seen since. Oh, yeah, aside from the fact that it was heavy CG blood. Yeah. Yeah. I liked when the camera went under the blood, and you could see the corpses floating around. (laughs) Because everyone knows that blood is very transparent. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greer, Greer had a picture of his wife, and I'm yes. pretty sure it was just a, pi- a picture of the guy who played Greer with a wig on. What? Oh, dude. Yes. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> it was, I did not notice this. 
I need to go back and take a screen grab of it before my rental expires because it. <laughs> I I don't maybe I was just looking at it funny, but it just Adam's agreeing with you. Like, no, man, you're absolutely right. I thought it was something like out of uh, yeah, it looked like something out of a, like a Wayne's Brothers movie or something. It was <laughs> nice. It, yeah, yeah exactly. it was very. It was alarming. <laughs> that was his fiance or his wife or whoever she was. I mean, Frankly, this like movie is earning more points. <laughs> what if they actually did that? What if they actually had the picture of his wife just being? Then I'm awarding it more That's points. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it gets so many more effects. Yeah. Boon for story and effects. Yeah. <laughs> I brought this uh, up next earlier. Up. No, I brought this up earlier. The sets are crazy all over the map. They have the, the dusky bottles of port from the 1700s. They have some like random technological shit from the 60s, which doesn't look that old. They're all over the goddamn map. They can't figure out what era it's coming from, What what the stuff, if it's an old-timey ship, if it's a modern ship. They don't, it's all over the place. I Captain mean, Murphy needed the, to... Go ahead, Mark. You have something more important to say. In the interest of defending the movie, they do no work to actually make this point. But I would say this. This guy, Ferryman, has been trapping souls for presumably as long as, like, time itself. So maybe he just took some souvenirs along. You know? That's a better point than I thought you were going to make. <laughs> I do that every once in a while. It's not common, but it happens. What were you going to say, Jake? Oh, I was going to say that Captain Murphy needed to drink from the bottle and not the glass that's presumably been sitting out for 40 years. <laughs> it's going to be dusty. Yeah. Again, it was not important. No, I'm glad I brought it up. Uh, yeah, I, thank you. The baked bean scene is great. I was going to say, Perfect maggots mid-pick. are a great source of protein. I don't know what they're upset about. It was jarring. <laughs> if I thought I put a spoonful of beans into my mouth and then all of a sudden they were maggots... I'm not saying I wouldn't then decide to eat the maggots, but I would be disturbed that I thought... You would not have eaten the maggots. You would have reacted exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Those beans looked good. Those beans did look really good. They looked looked really damn good. The beans were a farce. It was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) The beans were a lie. I feel like detonators in movies always look like triggers. And I don't... like. What she actually would have rigged up, which she would have just had two wires and like touched them together. That's right. the detonator. I don't know why you go out of your way to like solder together a piece of elaborate like electronics to pull a trigger so that you just connect two wires. That seems like a little bit of a waste of time given the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you have access to the best spot welder you've ever seen, Mark. You, uh, Come on, man. You, you know, the... <laughs> you got to make use of it. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Uh, He's like the re- best spot welder. <laughs> I'd like to revisit that welding thing. That's uh, there's just a lot of problems with it. Number one, I hope they do a, a I hope they do a solo type prequel for his character. <laughs> How he oh, the best spot welder she'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, or her audition I would, welders. I would pay to watch <laughs> right. that. Yeah, totally. Here's what needs to happen. He needs to like sneak onto the set of America's Got Talent. Carl Urban does. <laughs> as this character and just take some pieces of metal and like weld them together on stage. Like, <laughs> check it. Look at that. No cold flow. This looks, this looks great. Is Look how shiny. Is still a television program that exists? I feel like it might be. Okay. Jack, we're up to date on our references. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like at some point, 
the I think it's the captain gets like really disturbed by the fact that he's being served alcohol by a ghost. But honestly, like that might be one of my goals in life. If ghosts are real, I really just want one of them to serve me alcohol. Yeah. Don't, also, like, wouldn't that be badass? He gets disturbed by it at a weird point. Like, not when it first happens, and not, like, when it's clear it's a ghost, but just at, a, like, a, I've known about this for 15 minutes, and now it's going to weird me out. He might have just, that might have been when he low-key realized that everything around him was, like, an oil painting, though. Yeah. And you just didn't know. Sure. Because that was weird. That was not, I don't feel like that was adequately mentioned, but it was just like, hey, the background here is an oil painting. <laughs> I did like that they put the 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 ghost captain in in like white makeup, so you know it's a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's the you just yeah. the actor in powdered sugar, and that's guys. Absolutely. For the record, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While that it's light with that water gobos going off in the back, yeah, that was, I liked it. Uh, we got anything else? Feels like it might be time for the uh, go to ratings. Uh, yeah. I'm comfortable with that, Jack. Silence as as, uh, agreement. We over at Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Joe Friday would rate things beyond the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. And for 10, think of how Agent J would rate Zed easing up off his back about it. And to be honest, I'd appreciate it if you eased up off my back about it. Stories, the first category to rate these movies. Mark, this was your pick. Rate the goddamn thing for story. I want to give this a higher score than I did, but I also realized in retrospect that... This movie is just virus, and it is also just alien. And, <laughs> and the shining. Like, think of it. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of things. But I'm just saying, like, in general, salvage vessel stumbles upon a big-ass thing that has a maleficent force on it. Thank you. You know what I mean? Also, notably, uh, you know, the lead, the hero is a woman. Same in all three of those movies. Yeah. I guess both of those other two movies. Um it's it's a God. good story, but the one thing that separates it is the ferryman aspect, which is like unique and interesting. But I ultimately think it's not good for their story because it makes it like way harder to focus on the ghosts on the ship. It just seems like it pulls it in different directions. So I ended up giving it a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll hop in here next. I gave it the same score for almost exactly the same reasons. Adam, how about yourself? That I'm no lie, I, same thing for almost the same thing. Yeah, it was just oh. it, it, scientifically it, perfect categories. Have we circled it, the wagons here, Jake? Could be. Yep. Let's just move on. <laughs> oh, guys, I nailed it. I think I get bonus points for that. Wow. <laughs> world building and immersion. It's our second category. Mark. World building and immersion. I, I think this is where we're going to differ a little bit because you guys said that you actually found it quite immersive earlier in the thing. I I gave it a four and a half. It's definitely below average, like at least a point below average. Obviously, the first scene sets such an incredible tone, and then it's just sort of like it, it doesn't approach, it doesn't approach anywhere near that ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a one hit wonder, and then like the rest of the movie's acceptable to decent, but it's ultimately kind of slow. And like I said with yeah. the story, it's pulling in a bunch of different directions. Cool. Yeah. So you never really get reinvested back into it. Look, I gave it a five. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird one because 
it is somehow still alluring, and I enjoyed continuing to watch it, and something was still drawing me in, but it has all those problems that we talked about, and it's, I, I, it's a tilt-up, I guess. I can't really explain it, but it is a five. I wasn't actively pulled out as much as I objectively should have been. Adam? I think I'm going to go six for the same reason I gave it a four before. I think with trying to Frankenstein all these different aspects to create, like you said, that opening sequence, and then when Ghost Katie saying, he doesn't want me to talk to you, and all this like mold or whatever's building on the ceiling. I, yeah, there were a lot of cool parts to it, so it, I'm with you. Like, it, it kept me in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Jake? Yeah. Yeah, I gave the same score as Adam. I think this did just enough to, like, dis- in spite of itself at times, I was still interested in what was going on enough to not feel, like, totally exhausted of some of the frankly stupidity that was happening on screen so (laughs) it it can't be a below average score for me at least uh yeah six all right effects or judicious lack nope 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 scare factor is there not category mark i'm good at this uh mark what's your scare factor score uh this is entirely based off the opening scene i gave it a six i think that's a little high but i i there's a shock factor to this if you go in not knowing what it is and you get hit with that thing that's a very intense scene. I, there was I can't remember what the publication was, but they did a top like 50 scariest scenes of all time, and that was like number six or something like that. And while I recognize the rest of the movie, not that not that scary, has some stuff in it, but not much. Uh, that scene alone is is worth to to push it over average at least. Came out swinging. Uh, yeah, yeah. I give it a Respect. four for scare factor. I kind of see what you're saying. I think that first scene is a little too campy to actually be really scary with the like clothes falling down and the absurdity yeah. going on there. So and the, and the arm that's completely detached, reaching for the camera. <laughs> yes, <is> yes. so <laughs> good, so it's good. Great, I love it. Not how that works. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah, it should be. It, it doesn't get a huge number of points for scare factor on that scene, but some of the scenes in the boat or the, the maggot scene in particular is a especially freaky one, and it gets some points here for just the, the level of like oomph it gives to the, the injuries that feel like they hurt and real. So yeah, gets a four. Okay. Adam? I'm going to go five, uh, nice. obviously, for, for the same part of the, of, the, of the beginning, but one scene that really got to me was the, like, the corpse locker room where Carl Urban's hanging up, you know, like, that with the actual ghost turning and the way it's shot, the light, yeah, I thought that was very creepy and unsettling. So I think those two were it's 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 good out of five. Yeah, perfect ten. Absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong. It was the scariest movie I've ever seen. No, I gave it the same score for the same reasons as Adam. Oh, look who's getting buddy buddy over here. Well, <laughs> I'm going last. <laughs> it's time for effects and judicious lack thereof. I know the order of things, Mark. Uh. Five and a half. I actually, I I didn't agree with you guys that the sets looked kind of janky. I actually think the sets work pretty well in this movie. I guess you could probably make the argument that it doesn't really quite set a realistic stage, but ultimately, like, the backdrop is good enough that I think it sets the place pretty well. I think each set individually looks pretty good. It's all of them together. That makes no sense. Okay, fair enough. Uh, there's also lots of unnecessary CG, and none of it looks particularly bad, but, like, why do you need to animate doors closing in a hallway? <laughs> like, just close the door. <laughs> Get a fucking you know? fishing line and pull it closed. Or, like, the blood in the, uh, the, the blood in the pool. There's a scene with the northern lights in the background. I mean, I get that oh, yeah. they're Bering Sea, but, like, 
why add the bear why add the northern lights with see like you can tell it's fake it it's just a bunch of i mean granted that's what 2002 was for movies yeah it's just it doesn't age well yeah sure sure i give it a four uh largely the same reasons um that first scene is great effects wise all the people being sliced in twain looks fucking terrific i love it uh the blood like the, the viscera hanging off the cord is also awesome so that that scene's great um I think the sound editing in this movie is really good and is a big contributor to why the injuries feel like they do, like that kind of oomph with the the fall. So they get points for that too. Um, but there's, like Mark said, too much CG that didn't need to be there. How about you, Adam? Yeah. I'm going to go six for two reasons. The arm at the beginning. Nice. Okay. Yeah, awesome. And the makeup to let you know he's a ghost. Those two things. <laughs> <laughs> They're fighting the fight. They, yeah. I really, that really got me, and I really enjoyed that. So I'm going to go six that for that. Awesome. For those two reasons alone, I love that very much. I would love to know how long that guy was in makeup. Oh, like, God. whether or not it was just, like, one powder keg, they just, like, now you're <laughs> yeah, a ghost. So. I hope so. <laughs> or it's, like, six uh, hours of judicious oil painting. I hope yeah. not. He had to get there at, like, two in the morning. Everybody oh, else God. would be there at eight. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Round us out, Jake. Jake. Take us home, buddy. Yeah, I gave it a five and a half. I, I, it's for really for the same reasons you guys gave already. I, I think the only thing that I'll add is that I do think from like a technical standpoint, we already mentioned this, a lot of scenes <clears throat> were shot pretty well. Like they looked good just from a technical compositional standpoint. And I think this is probably the category for that in this case. So Mudvayne brings it down a little bit too. Sign of the time. <laughs> oh, I, it think doesn't about the well. I think yeah. the Mudvayne might add a little bit to it for me. Well, you never think about Mudvayne. Yeah, you should. So True. that was kind of an offsetting factor for me, uh, just that wasn't mentioned. So, yeah, five and a half. All right. That's going to take us to the overall. It's the big one. Mark, what's your overall score? I'm really going out on a limb here on this one. Um, Are you? I, it's a five and a half. This is a, a pretty average movie, kind of right down the middle. It's got its moments that you remember. One in particular that is obviously, like, etched in the Horror Hall of Fame, weirdly. Uh, and then the rest of it just seems kind of like filler. But in that case, it's like almost a perfect movie to throw on in the background sometimes, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. This is this is approaching the uh, the Andy Dalton line. This is the exactly average. Sure. Yeah. Look, I gave it a five. <laughs> I think that's exactly. I think that's right. Um, it I, for me, it's a little bit of a tilt up though, because when I objectively look at it, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it more than the quality of movie it is somehow. I I totally agree with. So I, I'm having a real hard time putting my finger on why I was still drawn into it, it but I was. So it's going to be a five. I think it's, it's it's good actors with a bad script is what it is. Sure. And that usually works yeah. out if you like it more than you think you should. Yeah, yeah. except for the Lazarus effect. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> How about you, Adam? What's your overall? Answer? I'm going to I'm gonna go five for the same reasons you guys said. Uh, it. it Really good at Juliana Margulies, those Carl Urban, those guys are great. I'm not entirely convinced that uh, Gabriel Byrne isn't the same character he was in The Usual Suspects in this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fun. There's same some good. Yeah, there's a lot of there's some good uh, you know memorable moments, and it's also fun to you know like you said to throw into the back. So totally. Yeah, I'll yeah. go five. Jake. Same reason as you two, the last of you, the last two of you. Same same score. Yeah. Well, wow. there's, yeah, we're all the same, man. We have more. We have more people. I know we're really different. <laughs> well, that uh, that's gonna do it for us this week, Adam. 
plug anything you got to plug where people find you? They should go listen to My Neighbors Are Dead, number one. Do that. Yeah. Uh, my Neighbors Are Dead. Yeah, that's that's the show on <laughs> Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast listening material. Um, again, My Dead Neighbors at My Dead Neighbors on Twitter, and I'm at uh, APCOCK13. Don't ignore those first 12. Uh, <laughs> they suck. Yeah. Yeah. I heard they're right. I would love to know. How many of those other peacocks are actually like novelty Twitter accounts of peacocks from like a legit zoo somewhere in the United States? I don't know. I think when we talked before, I might have been telling you this. There is an, an Adam Peacock who's a super hunky volleyball player. So I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's novelty or if it's legit. So I, I don't know. I, I don't want to know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> okay. And also too, if if you guys are hearing this, if it's out, if you're in Chicago, March 21st, come on by. Uh, um, yeah, we're doing a live show out there with uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Hell yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Adam. Um, oh, my God. Guys, thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. Totally. We appreciate it. That's Adam Peacock. Check out the My Neighbors Are Dead podcast. And we are A to Z Whore. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to A to Z Whore.com. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, you can also and should also check out all the other shows that the Phantom Podcast Network has to offer. To do that, you can check out downrightcreepy.com slash phantom uh, come hang out with us on our own social channels you can find us on Facebook you can find us on Twitter those links are going to be down there in the description below and as always the music's been coming at you from Super Bear you can find that link down there just as well you this right, uh, I did <laughs> finally it takes a while Jack you gotta workshop some things <laughs> next week I don't know what's gonna come at you because frankly this is all a chore and we will figure it out so be surprised and until then get your buddies <laughs> grab some beers schedule yeah and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Either of us is allowed to cheat on the other as long as it's with a ghost. You've been listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. Ha, 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 ha.